0: M S W Media. Thanks to Aura Frames for supporting the Daily Beans. Aura Frames makes Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that beautifully showcase your photos and videos. To get thirty dollars off the perfect gift today, visit auraframes.com/dailybeans and use promo code Daily Beans. And thanks to StoryWorth for supporting the Daily Beans. StoryWorth is a meaningful gift you and your family can treasure forever. And you can get started right away. Go to Storyworth.com slash dailybeans to get ten dollars off your first purchase.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. Today, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss have sued Rudy Giuliani again for defamation and for an injunction barring him from continuing to lie about them. Mark Meadows has lost his appeal to remove his Georgia case to federal court. President Biden is unharmed after a car struck his motorcade in Delaware. GOP lawmakers pushed for more money for Clarence Thomas, fearing he would resign. Donald Trump is using fear to consolidate the GOP. Elon Musk instructed Twitter employees not to suspend accounts spreading racist, sexist, or homophobic messaging. And Brittany Watts, a black woman, was criminally charged for having a miscarriage. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey,
2: Dana, how is your Tuesday so far? Uh, Tuesday has been great so far. Thank you for asking. How's
0: everything over on the West Coast? Good. It's Monday on the West Coast. I'm kidding. We record on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I realized after I asked how your Tuesday was going so far that it's not yet Tuesday for the and two of us. I just let it go. I was like, it's
2: great. Okay, so well, there's some went, good
0: foreshadowing. Yeah. You went with the time travel and I, I love you for that. Uh, everything here is uh, well. We have a mixed bag today. Um, some devastating news for women in the face of overturning of Roe v. Wade but some uh, more, I guess, uplifting news with uh, Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman. Of course, Mark Meadows is losing. All kinds of things, all kinds of losing happening for uh insurrectionists so that yep. is in the good column and uh, we have quite a bit of news to get to today which means we have to do some quick hits and to make a long story short too late. all right first up ruby freeman and shea moss have filed a brand spankin' new lawsuit against rudy giuliani and he shit his face over it probably and this is for the defamatory comments that he made outside the courthouse during his first defamation suit in which the jury unanimously awarded Freeman and Moss $148 million. Now, in addition, the two women are asking for a court order from the judge that would bar Rudy Giuliani from continuing his lies against them. That is the kind of thing that you can hold someone in contempt for violating, meaning he can be jailed if that injunction is put into place. Pete and I will cover this in more detail on tomorrow's Clean Up on Isle 45 podcast.
2: Thank you AG and a sedan crashed into a park secret service vehicle that was part of President Joe Biden's motorcade in Delaware on Sunday night following the crash US secret service agents whisked Biden into the vehicle uh, agents quickly surrounded the sedan with guns drawn and aimed at its driver who had his hands up the cause of the crash was actually not immediately clear special agent Steve Kopek a secret service spokesperson said the vehicle that struck was securing Biden's motorcade route he said there was no protective interest associated with this event, and the president's motorcade departed without incident. Hmm. I still
0: would like to know why that
2: happened. <laughs> I know, me too. I actually watched the video. It was bizarre. Was this like a modest
0: mouse? Like, backed my car into a cop car the other day. And like, is it we all float on? Or did this guy purposefully <laughs> hit the motorcade? I'm not sure. We'll find out. I'll let you know if we, if we get more on that story. And... Dana, the conservative 11th Circuit has unanimously denied Mark Meadows' motion to move his Fulton County case to federal court, ruling that removal doesn't apply to former federal officials. And even if it did what you did, bro, that is not part of your job. Uh, The fact that the ultra-conservative chief judge, Pryor, wrote the opinion, who is a close pal of SCOTUS Justice Clarence Thomas, does not bode well for Trump's D.C. immunity claim. Should it be heard by the Supreme Court? We'll have more for this, uh, more on this for you. Not only on cleanup, but we're going to talk about it on on the Jack podcast coming up this weekend as well, because of the possible implications. Because now we have two circuits denying all kinds of immunity claims for Donald Trump, and even though it's not criminal immunity, uh, and it's for Meadows, it just doesn't bode well for him. So we'll talk about that. All right, um, fun day for Mark Meadows. <laughs> Uh, where's that 10-inch binder, Mark?
2: I don't know. What'd could you use do it. with it? Although Mark would probably say it's 14 inches, but we know it's
0: 10, Mark. Hey, yeah, we're not talking about centimeters, buddy. <laughs> Just because you showed it to me twice doesn't make it 10 inches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God. on.
2: I should know to get you started.
0: I know. I know. I apologize. Kind of. I don't. Yeah, you're right. I take it back. Sorry, not sorry. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes hot notes. All right. First up, from the incredible ProPublica, who has been on this from the get-go. In early January 2000, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas was at a five-star beach resort in Sea Island, Georgia, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. In the year two thousand. Now after almost a decade on the court by that time, Thomas was very frustrated with his financial situation, according to friends. he had recently started raising his young grandnephew. I think that's the one that Harlan Crow paid the tuition for. Uh-huh. And Thomas's wife was soliciting advice on how to handle the new expenses. The month before, the justice had borrowed two hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars from a friend to buy a high-end RV, the one that makes him, you know, a regular regular folk. Uh, at the resort, Thomas gave a speech at an off-the-record conservative conference, and he found himself seated next to a Republican member of Congress, uh, one of them on the flight home. The two men talked, and the lawmaker left the conversation worried that Thomas could resign because he's not having getting enough money. Congress should give Supreme Court justices a pay raise, Thomas told him. If lawmakers didn't act, one or more of the justices will leave soon, maybe in the next year. Now, at the time, Thomas's salary is $173,600. It's equivalent to like 300 grand these days. But he was one of the least wealthy members of the court. And on multiple occasions in that period, he pushed for ways to make more money. In other private conversations, Thomas repeatedly talked about removing a ban on justices giving paid speeches. Thomas's efforts were described in records from the time obtained by ProPublica, including a confidential memo to Chief Justice William Rehnquist from a top judiciary official seeking guidance on what he termed a, quote, delicate matter. The documents, as well as interviews, offer insight into how Thomas was talking about his finances in a crucial period of his tenure, just as he was developing his relationships with a set of wealthy benefactors. Congress never lifted the ban on speaking fees or gave the justices a major pay raise, but in the years that followed, as ProPublica has reported, Thomas accepted a stream of gifts from friends and acquaintances that appears to be unparalleled in modern history of the Supreme Court. Some defrayed living expenses, large and small, private school tuition, vehicle batteries, tires. Other gifts from a coterie of ultra-rich men supplemented his lifestyle, such as free international vacations on a private jet and a super yacht of Dallas real estate billionaire Harlan Crowe, also Nazi paraphernalia collector. Precisely what led so many people to offer Thomas money and other gifts remains an open question. Does it, though? there's no evidence uh, that justice ever raised the specter of resigning with Crow or his wealthy benefactors. But it is awfully weird that he raised it with a bunch of uh, Republicans that he might quit if he didn't get more money. And then all of a sudden, lavish gifts started pouring in. George Priest, a Yale law school professor who has vacationed with Thomas and Crow, told ProPublica he believes Crow's generosity was not intended to influence Thomas's views, but rather make his life more comfortable. He views Thomas as a Supreme Court justice as having a limited salary, Priest says. So he he provides benefits for him. Benefits. What? Oh. Yeah, I'm sure it's just because Thomas is real fun. Him and Jenny are just super fun.
2: Yeah, I have a limited salary if anyone out there wants to provide benefits for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, <laughs> right? The full details of Thomas's finances over the years remain unclear. He made at least two big purchases around the early 90s, a Corvette and a house in Virginia suburbs on five acres when Thomas and his wife, Ginny, bought a home for 522000 a year after he joined the court, they borrowed all but eight grand, less than 2% of the purchase price. That's according to property records. What is it with these Supreme Court justices, especially the conservative ones put forward by the Federalist Society, that are in debt yep. and need help? Is that the promise? It's got to be
2: part of it. I mean, you know, both of us speculate on that. I mean uh, Kavanaugh. I want to know who paid off Kavanaugh's two hundred thousand. I know you'd like to know.
0: Yeah, and who who paid off those? Uh, didn't he have like he had debt, and then like some sort of season tickets to something that he yeah, owed?
2: like basketball, I think. And the, no, or he paid like a bunch of money for those, and someone
0: paid that off. Now, public records suggest a degree of financial strain throughout the first decade of his tenure. The couple regularly borrowed money, including a hundred thousand dollar credit line on their house and a consumer loan of up to 50 grand. Around January 98, Thomas's life changed when he took in his six-year-old grandnephew becoming his legal guardian and raising him as a son. The Thomases sent the child to a series of private schools. In early January 2000, Thomas took a trip to the Georgia Beach Resort. Uh, Thomas was there to deliver that keynote speech uh, at Awakening, which is a conservative thought week, and I thought they didn't want to be woke. Okay, uh, it featured golf, shooting lessons, aromatherapy, along with panel discussions with businessmen and elected officials. No, no. Ball sack tanning? Just, okay. What? Did you? Come on. A founder and organizer of the annual event, Ernest Taylor, told ProPublica that Thomas's trip was paid for by the organization. Thomas reported 11 free trips that year on his annual financial disclosure, mostly to colleges and universities, but did not disclose attending the conservative conference, which is an apparent violation of federal disclosure law. Hmm. Those forms are confusing. Oh, they're so hard to fill out. Yeah. On a commercial flight back from Awakening, Thomas brought up the prospect of justices resigning to Stearns, the Republican lawmaker he talked to. And Stearns was worried, so he wrote a letter to Thomas after the flight promising to look into a bill to raise the salaries of members of the Supreme Court. Quote, as we agreed, it is worth a lot to Americans to have the Constitution properly interpreted. (laughs) (laughs) We must have the proper incentives here, too. What? What? Stern's office soon sought help from a lobbying firm working on the issue and delivered a speech on the House floor about judges' salaries getting eroded by inflation. Thomas's warning about resignations was relayed at a meeting of the heads of several judges' associations. L. Ralph Meekum, then the judiciary's top administrative official, fired off a memo describing Thomas's complaints to Judge Rehnquist, his boss. Quote, I understand that Justice Thomas clearly told him that in his view, departures would occur within the next year or so. That's what Meekum wrote of Thomas's conversation with Stearns on the plane. Meekum worried that from a tactical point of view, congressional Democrats might oppose a raise if they sensed the apparent purpose was to keep Justices Scalia and Thomas on the court. Scalia had nine children. He had his own little Supreme Court at home, I guess, (laughs) and was also one of the less wealthy justices. Scalia, Meekham, and Rehnquist have since passed away. It's not clear if Rehnquist ever responded. Several months later, Rehnquist focused his annual year-end report on what he called the most pressing issue facing the judiciary, the need to increase judicial salaries. Around that time, Thomas was also pushing to allow justices to make those paid speeches, a a source of income that has been banned since the 80s. On several occasions, Thomas discussed lifting the ban with appellate judge Dave Hansen, who chaired the judiciary committees responsible for lobbying Congress on issues like pay. That's according to Meekham's memo. So, wait, the Congress can oversee the Supreme Court? Wait, what? Huh? So, like they banned paid speeches and the Supreme Court follows that rule and the Congress provides oversight of it?
2: Mm. What? It almost sounds like a checks and balance. I don't know. Don't get crazy.
0: You can have oversight of court ethics rules. Somebody should tell the Supreme Court. Uh, At Senator Mitch McConnell's request, a provision removing the ban for judges was quietly inserted into a spending bill in mid-2000. Why McConnell made the proposal became a subject of scrutiny in the legal press. After Legal Times reported the measures had been dubbed uh, the keep Scalia on the court bill. Scalia responded that the honorarium ban makes no difference to me and denied that he would ever leave the court for financial reasons. The ban was never lifted, by the way. McConnell didn't respond to a request for comment. During his second decade in the court, Thomas's financial situation appears to have markedly improved. In 2003, he received the first payments of a $1.5 million advance for his memoir, a record-breaking sum for justices at the time. Ginny Thomas, who had been a congressional staffer, was by then working at the Heritage Foundation, which paid a salary in the low six figures. There's much, much more to this story. Please go to ProPublica, support them, support their reporting. And if you're a patron of Cleanup on Isle 45, Pete will don his swearing jacket to discuss this on the bonus episode this weekend. You don't want to miss that.
2: <laughs> Thank you, AG. All right, Elon Musk. Yeah, well his his ex his ex has instructed staff not to suspend users that post explicitly racist, sexist, and homophobic content or who send sexual material to one another as part of a new policy that has radically stripped back the company's moderation of abusive material. Well, the documents dating from June to October of 2023, they show how content moderators have been told not to suspend the users behind certain hateful material, including content promoting physical harm against an individual, references to mass murders with intent to harass and content that incites fear about a protected category of people. Now, among categories of material that are no longer subject to the same level of enforcement are, first, unsolicited sexual posts sent to another user, posts that deny violent events such as the Holocaust, posts that refer to specific slurs for black, white, and gay people, posts that harass another user for sending a picture of Adolf Hitler, ones that reference mass murder, Posts that call for the denial of support to a business of protected category. Posts that remove human characteristics or deprives groups or individuals of human qualities. Well, posts that misgender or dead name individuals, meaning referring to a trans person by a name they used before transitioning, they're no longer subject to action by contracted content moderators, though outing An LGBTQ person for their sexual orientation or gender is still a violation and will lead to a post being removed. Well, I think it's a little fucking too late after that, by the way. Many posts that would have been removed under the platform's previous ownership are now merely labeled as violating excess policies. While these posts are not removed from the platform, but their reach is restricted, allowing users to seek them out and meaning authors of these posts are not subject to enforcement action. The files shed light on exactly how content moderators are told to deal with hateful and abusive content, and they show they have been instructed not to be as stringent in taking action against these types of posts. Bloomberg reported last week that X's advertising revenues in 2023, they're expected to be about 1.5 billion lower than 2022.
0: Hmm. Well, that explains a lot. Yeah. Uh, We're not
2: doing anything to curb any of this. It's, a, it's, a, it's really, like, I know a lot of us are staying on there to try and save democracy, but it's a fucking
0: dumpster fire. It is. It absolutely is. All right, next up. And uh, there's a content warning here for miscarriage. This is from the Associated Press. Ohio was in the throes of a bitter debate over abortion rights this past fall when Brittany Watts, 21 weeks and five days pregnant, began passing blood clots. The 33-year-old Watts who had not shared the news of her pregnancy, even with her family, made her first prenatal visit to a doctor's office behind Mercy Health St. Joseph's Hospital in Warren, a working-class city about 60 miles southeast of Cleveland. The doctor said that, while a fetal heartbeat was still present, Watts's water had broken prematurely and the fetus she was carrying would not survive. He advised heading to the hospital to have her labor-induced so she could have what amounted to an abortion to deliver the non-viable fetus. Otherwise, she would face significant risk of death. That's according to records of her case. Now, it was a Tuesday in September. What followed was a harrowing three days entailing multiple trips to the hospital, Watts miscarrying into and then flushing and plunging a toilet at her home, a police investigation of those actions, and Watts, who was Black, being charged with abuse of a corpse that's a fifth-degree felony, punishable up to a year in prison and a $2,500 fine. Her case was sent last month to a grand jury. It has touched off a national firestorm over the treatment of pregnant women, especially Black women, in the aftermath of the U.S. Supreme Court's Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization decision. That's the one that overturned Roe. Civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump elevated Watts's plight in a post to Twitter, And supporters have donated more than $100,000 through GoFundMe for her legal defense and her medical bills and trauma counseling. Whether abortion seekers should face criminal charges is a matter of debate within the anti-abortion community, but post-Dobbs, pregnant women like Watts, who was not even trying to get an abortion, have increasingly found themselves charged with, quote, crimes against their own pregnancies. That's Grace Howard, an assistant justice studies professor at San Jose State University, Quote, Roe was a clear legal roadblock to charging felonies for unintentionally harming pregnancies when women were legally allowed to end their pregnancies through abortion. Now that Roe is gone, that roadblock is entirely gone. Michelle Goodwin, a law professor at the University of California, Irvine, and author of Policing the Womb, said those efforts have long overwhelmingly targeted Black and brown women, even before Roe was overturned. Studies show that Black women who visited hospitals for prenatal care were 10 times more likely than white women to have child protective services and law enforcement called on them, even when their cases were similar. At the time of Watts's miscarriage, abortion was legal in Ohio through 21 weeks, six days of pregnancy. Her lawyer, Tracy Timko, said Watts left the hospital on Wednesday when, coincidentally, her pregnancy arrived at that date, after sitting for eight hours awaiting care. It turned out the delay was because hospital officials were deliberating over the legalities. Quote, it was the fear of, is this going to constitute an abortion, and are we able to do that? That's what she says. Now, Grace Howard said that clarity was needed about what Watts' behavior constituted, whether it it constituted a crime. We have to have that clarity, she said. It's essential. Quote, for rights of people with the capacity for pregnancy, this is huge. Her miscarriage was entirely ordinary. So I just want to know what the prosecutor thinks she should have done. If we're going to require people to collect and bring used menstrual products to hospitals so that they can make sure it is indeed a miscarriage that is ridiculous, invasive, and cruel.
2: Oh, this stuff makes my blood boil. Thank you, AG. This one's from Alex Tibet at NBC Anti-Donald Trump Republicans know they are in the middle of a critical moment to stop the former president's political comeback. But for some of them, the steep cost of voicing resistance to Trump often renders them silent. And I quote, if you go against Trump, like you're over. That's from Kyle Clare. He's 20 years old. He's a member of the University of Iowa's College Republicans. And another one, I don't talk about Donald Trump a lot because I'm afraid of the backlash. That's from Jody Sears, who's 66 and a registered Republican from Grimes, Iowa. Quote, if you would say something negative about Trump, we had one person that would just go bang for the throat. This is from Barbara Spencer, 83 years old, who's a former Trump voter, describing her experience living in a senior apartment in Spillville, Iowa. Now, NBC News spoke to more than half a dozen Iowa voters turned off by Trump, but some were anxious about talking on the record out of fear of being shunned by friends or family when Iowan said that they plan on saying they caucus for Trump when asked by members of their community, but will actually caucus for Vivek Ramaswamy. Jesus, I'm not sure that's much better. I mean, I know it's a little bit better. Don't get me wrong. That adds up to signs going uh, unplaced in front lawns, conversations with friends and family about their candidates avoided, and fewer opportunities for opposition to Trump to take hold in different Republican communities. Well, NBC News first spoke with Claire In a University of Iowa auditorium on August 23rd, that was the night of the first GOP presidential debate, fellow college Republicans were reacting to the debate and voicing steadfast support for the GOP candidate who wasn't on the stage, Trump. Well, Claire chose to wait until the end of the night after the rest of his classmates left the auditorium to share his thoughts He said i'm just so scared of doing this right now He said fighting back tears. I want to be able to have my opinions on our own politicians And I want to be able to speak freely about them and people will understand i'm a conservative Well, claire criticized trump particularly for his actions on january 6th saying the end of his administration was un-american He also said Trump supporters are in denial about losing the 2020 election. He said they don't want to believe he lost the election. It's hard to swallow. Losing is hard to swallow. But it's important that when we lose, we recognize that we lost and we think, what can we do better next time to win over Americans? Now, Claire was right to expect backlash, by the way, for speaking out on Trump. After NBC News published the interview with him on Meet the Press social media account, hateful and very homophobic comments started to pour in. Claire said later that a student came up to him at a university event, shoved a phone in his face with the video on it, and asked him why he's scared of Trump and not scared of getting AIDS from having gay sex. Jesus. Now, say something they disagree with. They'll go after your sexuality, that's what Claire said, who added that he doesn't regret doing the interview with NBC News. While many of the comments questioned if Claire, who holds a leadership role at the University of Iowa's college Republican organization, interned for a Republican on Capitol Hill and is heavily involved in the Johnson County, Iowa GOP, they're questioning whether he's truly a Republican. And I quote, I think it shouldn't be a bad thing for me to say I'm conservative and then I think there are other options. I don't think that this person is good for our country. That's what Claire said, but he's worried those opinions will stunt his own long-term political ambitions. Rank-and-file voters are less prominent and thus less likely to be harassed or threatened. But some of the same worries and experiences remain. Sears, who is that Republican from Grimes, Iowa, doesn't feel like Trump reflects her values. But that's an opinion she kept to herself until recently because of the fear of being cast off by family and friends. Spencer, a retiree now living in a nursing home and We're going to go with Decora, Iowa. If it's Decora, it could be that too. Someone tell us which one's right would be great. Anyway, Spencer, who is that retiree, said Trump supporters at her previous retirement community created a toxic environment that stopped her and her friends from voicing opinions.
0: Man, this reminds me so much of when I did the C-SPAN book talk with Miles Taylor about his book, Blowback. He was in the Trump administration. He was anonymous. He penned that anonymous op-ed and then wrote the book, uh, an anonymous book, and then came out with Blowback uh, with his name attached to it. Uh, And he, he... basically said, this is like econ 101, supply and demand, right? The price of going against Trump is very high. And so econ 101 tells us, how do we lower the price of something? We increase the supply. right? So we need to increase the supply of people willing to be speaking out against Donald Trump. I was like, that's like one of the most succinct ways I've ever heard that put to lower the price of dissent. More people need to Descent, Absolutely. And I think that this might be a message you can take home to your MAGA family members for the holidays if you're traveling this holiday season. You know, Because my mom, when I was very little, she would drag me to the voting booth and she would point in the booth and she would say, Allie, in there, nobody can tell me what to do. Your dad can't tell me how to vote. My neighbors can't tell me what to do. What I do in there is private. Wow. And that sticks with me, that like, that's still with me to this day. And I think that might be the conversation you can have with your MAGA relatives. Like, look, I know you got to whoop it up and be all, you know, let's go Brandon with your fucking weird drinking buddies or whatever at the bowling alley. But for me, what you do in that voting booth, nobody will ever know how you voted. Yep. For me, could you please vote for the Democrat? It's worth a shot. I mean, it's like the last-ditch resort, right? Like, you could pretend you're all Trump, have the flags, have the signs, fuck Joe Biden, whatever the hell, you know, you want to do publicly. Your vote is private. Please do the right thing. And maybe they'll stop and think when they're in there. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe.
2: Even if, you know, it's one person. I know that sounds crazy, but elections have literally been won or
0: lost by one vote. They matter. Yeah, they really do. Well, thank you for that reporting, my friend. We have a lot of good news to get to. We have to take a quick break before that, though. So let's do that. And we'll be uh, back on the other side with the good news. Stick around. Hey, everybody. It's AG. StoryWorth is the coolest present. Uh, It's an online service designed to capture and safeguard cherished memories and stories for future generations. It is a heartfelt and significant present, creates a deeper bond with your dearest and nearest. Now, this holiday season, I want to give a gift to my loved ones that makes them feel special and unique, just like the relationship we share. That's why I'm giving everyone I care about StoryWorth go to storyworth.com slash daily and save $10 on your first purchase. I got story worth from my mom a couple years back and this is the coolest thing. They send her prompts and I can write the prompts or they'll write the prompts like tell us uh, an adventurous story of uh, most adventurous thing you've ever done. Or, you know, they, they have these really great writing prompts and then your loved one writes up the story and they do this over a period of a year. And then once all the stories are done. They put it in a beautiful book, like this tangible link to the past, and it's absolutely fantastic. We still have the book um, from all of the prompts that my mom wrote about. We read through these during the holidays. I am now sending this to everybody else in my family. It is the coolest thing. It is a cherished treasure. I, I'm so glad that we did it. Um, and our, our family is is richer because of knowing this history of amazing stories. So with Storyworth, I'm giving those I love the most thoughtful personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to Storyworth.com/slash/dailybeans and save ten dollars on your first purchase. That's Storyworth.com/slash/dailybeans to save ten dollars on your first purchase. And as the holiday season approaches and you're searching for the perfect gift, consider the unique charm of Aura Frames. More than a digital picture frame, Aura is a portal. It is a portal to treasured memories. Highly recommended by Wirecutter and The Strategist, and it's one of Oprah's favorite things. These frames boast a stunning high-resolution display that transforms digital images into vivid emotional narratives. The real magic of Aura Frames lies in their ability to grow with your memories. Load it with unlimited cherished photos, unlimited space. And you can continually update the collection from anywhere using the Aura app. And and you can share this app and the frame with as many family members as you want. It's user-friendly. It's simple to set up. Aura Frames offers more than a gift. They offer an ongoing journey through a legacy of memories. Finding the perfect gift can sometimes leave me baffled, but this year I have struck gold. I can't wait to see everybody's reaction when they unwrap their aura frames. All my whole family over on the, you know, Midwest, and all my whole family over here in the Southwest. We can share our memories together. It's going to be so awesome. From relaxed Sunday mornings to the heartwarming sight of my my mom showing uh, her her niece, who is now, uh, you know, a PhD, how to bake. Uh, but from like all these years ago. It's truly incredible. These everyday treasures now immortalized in her aura frame. What that, that makes these moments unforgettable. So give her the perfect holiday gift this year. Get thirty dollars off the perfect gift today at auraframes.com slash dailybeans and use promo code dailybeans. These frames sell out quickly so get yours before they're gone. That is $30 off their best-selling frames by going to AuraFrames, A-U-R-A-F-R-A-M-E-S dot com slash Daily Beans and using the promo code Daily Beans. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? near good news good news and if you have any good news confessions corrections you want to play what the mutt find the cat opine on the bovine what the shell cat me if you can i mean any guess the animal thing What what's the model of your oxalotl <laughs> thanks to- <laughs> thanks to Dana for
2: that one maybe there's only one model i don't know some of them look different maybe they're just different ages but
0: it doesn't matter to me That's a good security question for your bank. What's the model of your first oxalotl? Uh, If you have a shout out to a loved one, shit kids say, shit shit you say, shit your parents say. Um, If you have a shout out to a small business in your area that you want to send people to, to get holiday gifts or anything else, please do that. Um, If you don't have pod pet tax, you can always send us an adoptable pet in your area. Baby pictures, frog orgies, anything you want to send us, dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. That's how you do it. First up from Carolyn G. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> pronouns she and her. Hello, ladies. I'm, I said uh-oh because of the picture. I have a new game for you. It's an oxalotl. Is it oxalotl or Ron DeSantis? Quite uncanny how much they resemble each other, although the amphibian is probably cuddlier. Uh, although, Carolyn, when you say the amphibian, I'm not sure what you mean. Fair. I'm going to Texas to see my kids for Christmas, so I asked a doctor if I could get vaccinated against bullshit and misogyny. <laughs> the only inoculation we have currently is our voice and our vote. Let's use them. Well said. So, what do you think? Rhonda DeSantis or Oxalotl? The Oxalotl's adorable. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Also looks like it has
2: bigger balls than Rhonda DeSantis, and I don't even know if those are balls. But in the picture, <laughs> there's tiny little gonads. <laughs> I don't think the axolotl is wearing lifts either. No, probably not. And has actually a more normal smile. Okay. Mm. This one is from Grammy. No, pro- oh, no, pronouns are she and her from Grammy, which makes sense. Our bundle goodness was born December 13th. Oh. I couldn't wait to show her off. Dana, just in time for your return. Oh. Look
0: at this perfect baby. And where do I get the those jammies? Do they make them in my size? Oh, my God. So sweet. Oh. What a beautiful, beautiful baby. Yeah. Congratulations, Grammy. Do you want to take the next one, too? That one was kind of short.
2: All right. I'll be happy to. This one is from Jane, pronouns she and her. Hi, first-time writer, long-time listener of Mueller. She wrote The Beans, Clean Up, and Jack here. I love listening to all your summaries of all the things Trump and special counsel every day. A couple of quick corrections. First, on Friday's Beans, you said Trump pushed his way past the president of Moldova at the NATO summit in 2017. Oh, it when was he,
0: Montenegro. I'm. All, yeah. I already know where this is going. And you're. Oh, I said.
2: I said Moldova. Oh. Yeah. I so when you actually shoved aside the prime minister of. You are correct, Montenegro. Shout out to Carver and Curtis who also caught this mistake. By the way. Now, second, I'm an American living in Hungary, and I know this is very small, but Hungarian, the first syllable of each word is emphasized. So when we talk about our authoritarian prime minister, we say Victor. Orban, instead of Victor Orban, which is how I heard you say it. I think it's important to know how to pronounce the Hungarian's asshole PM's name because I feel like he's going to be in the news more and more as he continues to build his relationship with Putin. Well, for Pet Tax, there's a combo pet happy place, a photo of our German shepherd girl, Freya. Right. At our weekend house in a tiny Hungarian village. This was the first time she came there with us when she was nine months old. And after an exhausting run around our big field, she was happy to take a break in our gazebo. Thanks for bringing this American daily news and analysis that I depend on to make me more well informed. And I love and love to you
0: and Dana. Oh, first of all, beautiful black German Shepherd dog.
2: Yeah, Second thank you, all, Jane.
0: Beautiful gazebo in beautiful Hungary. no. And I got it now Victor Orban. I will uh, try to remember that. All right, next up from Flushing Remonstrance. Greetings to the top podcast in my queue. A shout out to my daughter who just completed her master's in nursing. Yay! At that August institution of higher learning in lower Manhattan. Graduation ceremony in May at Yankee Stadium. Who? She worked real hard to achieve that and my wife and I couldn't be more proud. Thanks for all your great podcasting they keep me way more informed than I would otherwise be. I think instead of who, it should be whoa, whoa. She's wow. worked real hard. Congratulations and thank you. And that's wonderful. Masters in nursing. Nurses are the backbone of this healthcare uh, industry. Yep. All right. And I'll, I'll take the next one too. That was kind of short. So that's good. Cool. All righty. K, former G, pronouns she and her. Hello, glorious goddesses of the Luguminati and all who work behind the scenes. First of all, thank you for providing the news in a way that keeps me from falling into the seemingly never-ending pit of despair. The pit of despair. (laughs) I had been a stay-at-home parent for 15 years. And in the last two years, I finally got back into my career after putting it on hold to raise our kids and move around with my husband. He's now retired U.S. Air Force. Thank you for your service. During the pandemic, he lost his civilian job and asked if I wanted to get back to my career. Yes. I mean, yes. I would love that. My former career, pre-kids, was an audio engineer, and I worked at a small media studio. I loved working with voice actors most. I knew that instead of going back to begin an engineer, uh, I wanted to look into being a voice actor. So here I am almost three years later with two demos, a home booth, and the drive to get back into the working world, uh, this time on my terms, and I'm loving it. Oh, it even led me to a part-time night job hosting trivia with a small one-person-owned trivia business in my area. I love trivia nights, by the way. I always used to listen to the Beans clean up or Jack if I didn't get to listen (laughs) on Sunday while putting our youngest to bed. Because of that, I don't realize just how much I roll my eyes when you quote the former guy and his incoherent ramblings. I learned that I do this when I almost rear-ended the person in front of me when I was driving to Trivia a few weeks ago uh, and had rolled my eyes so hard, I had to slam on the brakes. (laughs) I don't get out much. Can you tell? Oh, and this isn't a correction, but a helpful hint. Instead of reading all the letters in NHTSA, it's actually referred to as NHTSA. I used to be a child passenger safety technician, which is a CPST or a SIPST. Maybe, uh, and we talked a lot in the training and our working helping parents learn to use their child safety seats correctly. It's shorter and easier to say than the letters. Nitsa, got it. Love all you do. I hope Dana got a ridiculous amount of rest on her vacation. I hope every one of you, AG and DG, and the whole MSW crew stay healthy through this holiday season. Attached your photos of our void warrior Brutus, who beat the FIP, the feline infectious uh, peritonosis, a usual death sentence for kitties, but he beat it. Tabitha, his little void sister we adopted almost a year after we adopted Brutus, and Nick we adopted two weeks ago and decided he would rather shove his head into the corner of a carrier than come out and see us (laughs) when we brought him home. His picture! (laughs) Next time I'll add a photo of Layla, our sweet senior tuxedo who likes to hide from the kittens, this orange cat. Bless Nick. Bless Nick's little
2: smashed-in-the-corner face. Oh, Nick. There's a pretty void. I just saw a video of an orange cat trying to crawl into a fishbowl that's empty. And it's like, orange cats are weird. And then Nick, this bus Nick's heart, this orange cat is just facing
0: the corner. Orange cats are very, very weird cats. They really, truly are. Oh, my God. So funny. Ooh, that last picture. Beautiful. Beautiful, indeed.
2: All right, this is from Kristen, pronounced she and her. I'm going to give a shout out to an incredible person I feel blessed to call my friend. When I met Dawn, she was running a charity with her husband that has raised millions of dollars for other charities that are making the world a better place. For reasons I'm still salty about, this organization has been forced to change. But through it all, Dawn has been a funny, talented warrior of democracy and the members of the community their charity built. I could go on for hours about the positive impact this woman has had, literally, throughout the world. Dawn has an Etsy shop where she takes her creativity and the love of fandoms to create unique pieces. I hope the Daily Beans listeners will take a look at her shop. It's called Twig Studios Shop. Twig Studios Shop on Etsy. There's going to be a link, by the way, in the description of the show. And there is just some absolutely beautiful pieces that are made with Different stones, it looks like metalwork and stones. These are beautiful.
0: Yeah, I like their names too.
2: Kaka Mother Effer.
0: (laughs) Kaka Mother Effer. (laughs) Oh my god. His little ohm with down funk. Up Mothra. That's great. So good. Yeah, these are absolutely
2: stunning pieces. I love these. So, So much talent. There's so much talent in this world.
0: Mothra. Look at that. Oh, thank you for that submission. All right. I think this is our last submission of the day from Anne Pronoun, she and her. Dear AG and DG, thank you so much for breaking down the news in a way that keeps us sane. My guy turned me on to you a couple years ago. He's one of your biggest fans and tells everyone about how they should listen to the podcast. He's also a Patreon, of course. Dana, so glad to have you back from COVID and then vacation. Hope you're feeling truly rested and recovered. My good news is about a winter wonderland that folks can visit at my sister's shop in downtown Detroit called Urbanum or Urbanum maybe? I think Urbanum, it may be Urbanum because urban, but... U-R-B-A-N-U-M. My middle sister, Susan, has always had the entrepreneurial spirit and a flair for the beautiful, eclectic, fun decorating. Her lifelong dream has been to own and run a bricks and mortar store of her own. So this spring, in her late 50s, Susan took the leap and bought a business that was up for sale in the heart of Detroit's main artery, Woodward Avenue. Her shop is Neighborhood Gathering Place, where Susan celebrates her beloved hometown by hosting happy hours, where shoppers can have a cup of cheer while they browse and fundraising events for various local causes. I would love for you to give her a shout out. I'm so proud of how she's showing herself and the world that women can have a great second act after the chicks fly the nest for pod pet tax. Here's a pick of Ricky destroyer of tennis balls. I found him looking very sad after a three month stay at the humane society. I had a sleepless night before I went back and brought him home. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. Not sure exactly of his breed. Everyone has a theory, First pick is Steve and Ricky, probably listening to your podcast. Happy holidays, and thanks again for all you both oh do.
2: Oh, my God, this dog. It looks like a bulldog had sex with a sh- like schnauzer. Schnauzers, Schnauzer, schnauzer <laughs>
0: Wheaton bulldog. It's
2: so cute. Ricky is rumored to be a mini schnauzer bulldog mix. Oh, my God. You got it. Second picture, it's all bulldog body and a schnauzer head. You, you all have to see. That must have been the cutest puppy on the face of the (laughs) earth. (laughs) Because he's already still cute. And I love how he's already still cute. Whatever I just said,
0: you heard me. And I love how his eyebrows are just kind of of make him look like whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, so good. This dog is so cute. Amazing. You got it. You got it, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Mini Schnauzer bulldog. Wonderful. Thank you all for your submissions. Uh, Whatever you all want to send to us, please do so at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Uh, Maybe we'll have another. Is it DeSantis or an oxalotl? There you go. (laughs) But uh, we really appreciate you. Do you have any final thoughts, my friend? I don't. Not for today. Mm. Let's go rest until tomorrow when more news will happen.
2: Oh, actually, I, 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 you know that I, I won't be here tomorrow, so I'll be back in everyone's ears the day after tomorrow. Oh, which will be Thursday. I'll be back with you Thursday. We're well, <laughs> trying we to do the time change real quick.
0: <laughs> All right, I'll hold down the fort. Um, and everybody, Christmas week is going to be such a, a great fucking week because I was able. I inter- You know who I interviewed today? Oh, who? A, John. Oliver calls him the nosiest bitch in Nashville. His name is Phil Williams. He's an investigative reporter for News Channel 5 in Nashville. Oh my God, he already sounds amazing. And he is incredible. And I'm so excited. So we're going to play that interview for you um, the week of Christmas, the Christmas holiday. Um, that is one of a ton of interviews. you got Amy McGrath in there. Oh, so good. Um, I wish she had won that yeah. district. We have oh, I know so we have we I, I have so much great content for you lined up for for that holiday week um I just I'm I'm really excited about it that that conversation I had with uh, Phil Williams today was just magical so I can't wait for y'all to hear it uh all right until tomorrow I'll be back with you holding down the fort Dan'll be back Thursday uh, so until then please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet take care of your mental health take care of your family vote blue over Q and take everyone you know with you I've been AG and I've been DG and them's the beans